Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into another episode of Five Out. When you say Five Out, what do you mean by that? We got to talk about the Celtics, how they did against the Heat, and just some bigger picture stuff. Ty has a wild take based off of a question that our uh, one of our fans asked us about. You can guys can send us those on Twitter at Five Out Pod or on Instagram, same handle. Uh, we're also going to be talking about some of the Kobe stuff as well, Shaq. Uh, AI, T-Mac, all these guys are, have been talking about how they've been impacted. We will have Matt over the phone to talk about some of that stuff because we'll be talking about the media handling it, the situation, um, how the league is honoring Kobe and the players. Are they handling it the right way, the wrong way, so on and so forth. We'll touch on that. And then we, we got Chris Middleton, Bradley Beal, Zion, Perk. All those guys are getting brought up in the course of this episode. And let's get it going. I'm just trying to be alright with it, yeah. I'm just trying to be alright with it, yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. I'm just trying to spend the night with it, yeah. I just want to be alright with it, yeah. So I just got this, I got an amazing compliment from Glenn, actually, uh, after the show. I was I was so, I've never been so, uh, in my professional career, I've never been so, felt so accomplished, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's a way to put it. Glenn was very happy with how I handled uh, writing about the game, uh, the Celtics win over the Heat. He said it was a big game for them. It was like the most optimistic he's ever sounded about he's the giving the Celtics credit for a big win? He's he, not saying, no, it doesn't really mean anything. They're still a cute little team. They're not going to win in the postseason. It well, means nothing. That's what he usually does. You're telling me he did something different? It actually kind of devolved into that. But oh. he did say, <laughs> But he did say that it was big for them because it shows that they're they're not necessarily a— Cute little team, I guess. He didn't use that term at all in the course of the conversation, but he did say that they they proved a lot. Um, they were able to break down the, their their defense even without Tatum when they're stopping them and forcing them to shoot the mid range. No canner and all that stuff. Yeah. But still, at the end of it, Glenn's always like the cute little team. Yeah, don't don't act like they're going to contend this year. And I I didn't feel like getting in. We'd been talking for like ten minutes at that point. I want to no, talk about my cute little team. Yeah, well, Gilroy's Gilroy's very excited about. Uh, well, he ever accept the invite to come on five out? I heard this from like episode two that he was going to come on. Well, I'm supposed to go on with him on Saturday for uh, on air stuff before the the Philly game. He. He's going to come on, but he hasn't been in. I don't want to make him drive from down from oh. New Hampshire to come here. The pass have to cross just conveniently. Exactly. Yes. That's what I'm hoping for. It's a long drive from where he's at. At some point, I may just say screw it, and then it'll just be me and him that does not does the episode. But I wanted to have you and Matt here for that. Uh, Matt's not here, though we're going to have him over the phone to talk about some of the Kobe stuff that's been going on because obviously there's still a lot with that. But before we get into that, we wanted to touch on the Celtics and everything. Um but the one thing Glenn asked me, the, the, what led to Glenn saying they're not going to contend is, I guess, 
it must have been like a radio.com story where they were talking about like bigs that the Celtics could target. Because I'm the one that writes all the Celtics stuff for the website. No one, I get a little help here and there, but yeah. it's, it's just me mainly. And there was Nolan Noel was brought up and he asked, Was that you that wrote that? I was like, Well, yeah. I mean, I write, I, it's me, it's basketball, it's our site, of course. And I'm a Noel fan. He said, Well, then why, you know, you brought up trading Robert Williams. Are you sure that was you? And I was like, I, no, I would never say Robert Williams. I couldn't find the story, but that Robert makes Williams. makes no sense. That's like trading young Nerlens Noel for old Nerlens Noel. That's exactly what the both of us said. I couldn't. Yeah, it makes no sense. Whoever wrote that for Radio.com, I haven't looked at who it was, but that's just, I mean, this is. It's probably Nick Wright. Yeah, maybe. These are some of the stories, though, that are out there. It's just the trades make no sense. And then when Antoine Walker's on talking with, with uh, Dale and Keefe, he was saying how they need to get a big, but it's like that's. It's not what they're going to go for. I, I, you know, I talked to Mud about it the other day. Bealitz is a guy who makes sense. I, John Krause was mentioning that to me the other day from Sacramento. The Kings are moving on from their guys' town. They're they're blowing it up. It looks like. Yeah, they. I mean, you got rid of Willie Cauley Stein for nothing. A second round pick. A second round pick. That's, That's right. That was. Yeah, he would have fit here, wouldn't he? Have? Uh, why, why weren't they? Is the contract not good? I don't know where it is. Okay, for for what we all say. For like what yeah. everybody speculates on the outside, yes, I would agree. I think that the Celtics could use a guy who's going to help down low defensively and still kind of defend the perimeter as well. But it seems like they're trending more towards we want a guy who can shoot from the outside, provide at least stretch the floor if not if he's not going to provide a huge jolt of offense off the bench, but also defend the perimeter and and he's long ideally. That's yeah. why Bertans makes sense. That's why Gallo makes sense based on what what they looked at. Are they going to get them? I don't. I don't think they no, will. They're not making a big. Move. But that's why Bealitz like kind of makes sense. He can help stretch the floor, and he's long, and and he's not like this banger down low necessarily. We all say get a big that that can throw like that's that's physical, like Cantor, but mobile. Yeah. I just don't. It doesn't seem like that's what they're going to go for. No, the fans want a defensive anchor, and Nemanja Bealitz is not that. No, he's not. <laughs> he's not a defensive anchor. <laughs> no, he's a heat check big man. It's mm-hmm. all, that's what he is. He's serious. Like he will go for thirty. Like once or twice a year, and just be like, "Who the hell is this guy?" Did you would you have wanted Willie Cauley Stein though? I would have been for a second round pick. <laughs> for a second yes. round pick, yeah, of course. That'd be. He... I'll pick up Willie Cauley Stein from the airport at Logan. Yeah, that would have been uh, that they fleece. I mean, they didn't fleece him on that one, but because there's like, what's the gain for the Warriors? I'm sorry for the Kings. Um, and trading away a guy you just brought in the off season. It was Golden State that fleeced. Right, that you got rid of him. Yes, right. And then Golden State traded him to Dallas. He had been with Sacramento. He was not with Sacramento anymore. Sorry, I got a little confused. There. Yeah, sorry about that. No, it's okay. No, no, I got confused too. It's okay. But but Willie, but it was still a surprising trade. I mean, I expect them. They're getting rid of guys and moving on, and making adjustments, trying to reload it going forward. But I was surprised they just said, "Yeah, we'll get rid of him for a second round pick." Yeah, to, to the Mavericks where that's going to be. I don't know, probably 55, which, I mean, you're not going to get—usually you're not going to get anything. It's not like we're talking about, you know, pick number 32 who could turn into yeah. something. I don't, a I don't a rotational guy for a second-round pick's not bad, though. Yeah. No, for, I mean, the, the, for the Mavericks, it worked out well. But with, with the Kings, they should be looking to get rid of guys. Um, yeah. They got rid of Ariza. Actually, I they, got rid of, they got rid of Ariza. I thought Willie was still on Sacramento. Okay. Yeah, that's, that, that's why I got confused. Okay. I was like, well, they're training away all these guys. Like, why? Like, they're, hmm. I mean, they're not that bad. But they, they got rid of Ariza, though. They did get rid of so, Ariza. So you're right on that Sent one. him for Bazemore, right? Who, Bazemore sucks yes. th- this year, too, of oh, oh. Yeah, Portland. You couldn't make any three pointers. Nope. You're like thirty one percent. Oh, you like know that. what? That was in this. In this. And this is why we're ne- we now have a Google Doc for the rundown. Because you yeah. know, did you see that stuff about Dame? He got Player of the Week last week. Um, he had was it three games? Oh, over, no, it wasn't three games in a row over fifty. Was it? He had, but he was he's been on a tear lately. Yeah. It's like how many of those games are you winning? 
in the course of everything. And it's not like he's winning all of them. He had to drop 60 to beat, was it the Warriors, I believe it was? At some point, that's not... You, you, you're not it's doing not a right. recipe for success. Exactly. It, so, and that's the same thing it with Trey Young. Yeah. If you're, but even if it doesn't last forever, you're not. If you're not winning ball games now, then you're not. Then you're not. You're doing something wrong. You're being too top heavy in a losing effort. Like, yeah. Congrats. <laughs> it's not that great. You it's have to a, make an adjustment at some point. Yeah. Scoring a, a ton clearly isn't isn't that necessarily. Um, not in their circumstances. But but going back to the Celtics and everything, you know, I, I see and I know you you. And Matt, in the past, I've liked to poke at NBC Sports Boston, and they're talking about how, yes, the Heat are on a back-to-back um, in that game against the Celtics, and the Celtics don't have Jason Tatum. But yeah, which, and Devontae Green, and no, yeah, and no none for the Heat in that game as well, which is a bigger loss than I expected. Right? Yeah, definitely, especially coming into they the played win. Dragic like the entire game. Yep, but my big thing is where if you want to like. Why I thought that was such a big win for them, the Celtics were on a road trip, right? Three-game road trip. Obviously, the Kobe stuff happened, and that was it had an effect on everybody, so you can't go and hold that against the, uh, you know, get, somehow that helps the Celtics cause and hurts the Heat or vice versa or whatever. But the Heat have been at home. Their last road game was, like, the 19th. So the Heat have been at home this In entire time. San Antonio, time. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like you, you have a back-to-back, yes, but you're home still. The Celtics have been on the road three games. They went from what was it, Orlando to New Orleans, back to Miami. Like th- that's not the stars aligned for Miami to get an easy win last night, and it would you know the script With no was Tatum against too. the Celtics. The script yep. was against them, and they dom- really it was that eight zero run to start the game, and from then the rest of the game was even. Mm-hmm. And then and stuff like that is just the difference. You you start out strong on the road early, and it's the key to the win. And with Hayward, right? We look at that game. There are two there there are two guys that stand out most. I would say it's Hayward. And Brown. He's back. That's back. And that's what we start here. Now, look, Tice did well. Grant Williams did well. I didn't mention him in my story, but he did well. Marcus Smart did terribly until like the last two minutes and had some big plays. Um, Grant was especially late too. But, I mean, I look at those two guys, but when it comes to Hayward, it's instantly he's back. Now, I wasn't down there in Miami, but my first question tie off that is we've heard, okay, your foot is an issue on some nights, and it's not on others. And it's not, you know, it's, yeah. it's not the ankle, it's the foot, okay? My question is, how did your foot feel last night? Because if it felt good, and then we've seen on some of these other nights where you're not so you're not doing so hot, or you're not quite as aggressive, how did your foot feel that night? Because that's where it's like, eh, you know, yeah. what what guy are we going to get? And if you don't know, if it felt like crap last night and he just played well, awesome, great, then that's that's then it's less to worry about. But if, it, if that's what it looks like when it feels good, Celtics can be really dangerous, but at the same time, we don't know what, like if it's bad. Like if it's fifty percent on a night, yeah. Like that's my that's why you can't say like you can't jump the gun that he's back. I don't know how much last night was due to the zone too, because they're running a zone of the Celtics, and it just seemed like that's something that Gordon really feast on at times. The mid range game when he's got yeah, it going, you put yes. him in the middle of the zone, and Jalen Brown too. Those two guys in the middle of the zone are going to beat it. Like I, I, did, I don't know why you would ever run a zone against this Celtics team with Brad Stevens. It just seemed like a very odd choice. Yeah, and, well, a team that shoots threes, you're going to run a zone against them. Well, no, and no, they, they did. What was it? They ran a one three one, and they, you're letting the corner threes open with that defensive formation. This Second quarter, though, Ty, they did. The Celtics sucked in the second quarter by comparison to the. I mean, especially yeah. Hayward and Brown too. I mean, they, they did really well oh, in the first. And they, third. they almost they did erase the lead. Yeah, exactly. that eight point lead was gone, but they got back slowly throughout the rest of the game. But I mean, th- that's the zone right now. Could be what I mean. This is this might help the mid range game like come back into the fray a little bit because you you want to force guys to take that shot. If you don't have yeah. it in your bag, then it's like you're screwed. I mean, and we saw why you needed. It. I mean, Kemba hit some shots too, and obviously, if you have Tatum in that game. 
it makes a big difference. But I was I was trying to tweet out some like subtly condescending tweets about the mid range game being important for the Celtics last night. I don't think they quite hit. No. But <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Um but I mean I'm watching, I'm like, but okay, Brown's hitting them, Hayward's hitting them, Kemba. I mean, how can we not see, you know, where, where is everybody that was complaining about Jason Tatum taking mid-range shots for, for however long he was doing it? So it's like, you need it, guys. It's, it, to some extent, it's important to what you do. Um, Marcus Smart's now a clutch three-point shooter down the stretch. The thing with Smart is he's, he's when it's late in games, yes, I, I, do, I don't think he's going to be affected by the big moments. But over the course of a game, you never know what guy you're going to get. He's, he'll be a three, 35% three-point shooter throughout the season right. at, at minimum, but it just seems like some some days it's one for nine, you know, two for two for nine, whatever, and then there are other days where he goes and rips off like 11, 11 makes and, and he goes 50% from the field, like from three-point line. It's just, I, I don't, I don't, I, tr- I think, don't get me wrong, much improved over the years. I just don't know with him offensively sometimes. He, it's like how much I can trust He's Mr. Him. Heat Check. He is a guy who, <laughs> he sees the first one go in and it almost sets the tone for the night. You yeah, know? he's, he's but t- Taking that three with like two minutes left and they're up like five or six in Miami last night and he just, he drained it. Like no hesitation, left wing, gets the pass and drills it. They're up nine, dagger game over, Celtics win. Like, mm-hmm. That's a Marcus Smart that if he can do that in the, in the postseason, that yeah. can swing a series. It's true. It's true. He, what he brings to you is a guy who just is not caught up in the big moment more than anything. He's defensive, obviously defensive stud, and then he's not going to get consumed by that. So if Tatum doesn't have the shot, my my only concern with that though is Ty, because he's fearless. Sometimes if you're just a little bit more patient, Tatum might have that shot, or Brown, or Kemba, yeah. or Hayward. All guys I'd rather have take a shot over him. Does he jump the gun? You know what I mean? That's just he's little... very rarely the best offense. He's never the best offensive player on the court. Never. No, never. If, if he's not, then Brad's falling asleep he's at the wheel with the subs. Like, there was a lineup the other night that he threw out there that it was like Shemi, Grant Williams, Brad Wanamaker. Talking about Miami? Miami? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. They, so those three, and then it was Smart and, and Brown. Is that the one you were thinking of? It was literally like two questionable offensive guys, or like two, I'm sorry, two legitimate offensive threats and like three rookies. Okay. And Shemi. It was like, it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are we doing this lineup like with an eight point game? Like, come on, what's going on here? Last, the one that caught my attention last night was the one. It was so it was Shemi, Brad Wanamaker, um, Grant, Grant Williams, Marcus Smart, and Jalen Brown. I was like, that's what I saw. I was like, that was it. Yeah, I was like, like, oh, yeah, because now they're just gonna like now they're gonna focus a lot on Smart. He's not gonna do anything. Obviously, they're gonna focus a lot on Brown. It's like you need that's that's a bit much. But it didn't. It ended up not killing him in the end. But my thing is, how do you feel about the Heat? After losing that game to the Celtics last night, well, they should probably get rid of Dion Waiters. Oh, he stinks. He he is cheeks. He's awful. <laughs> That's a good he point. He is miserably bad. I'm I'm looking at him. He only played seven games this year because he had the four games early in the season. Had the gummy incident with CBD, yeah, right, the panic attack, whatever, and like had some weird suspension from the team for like 10, 15 games. It was odd. But he's been back for three games, and they haven't really been good at all. Yeah, they, they lost to the Clippers. Got smashed by um. I'm sorry, they did smash the Magic, and then they lost last night, and he's just jacking up shots left and right in bad situations. doesn't seem like he has much of an IQ out there. Like, last night took a three when they needed, like, a two at a certain situation. It's like, I don't know, he seems very about himself. And he com- Yes, and he complains 
a lot. A ton. And he still looks fat out there. Yeah, he looks bad. I mean, it looked, don't get me wrong, there are plenty of guys in the Celtics who complain a lot. Yeah. But you're Dion Waiters, dude. <laughs> Give me a tired Tyler Hero over Dion Waiters fresh oh, yeah. off the bench. Yes, I, and I think, yeah, I think that's where we're starting, like, not having none, and then, you know, talking about Dragic getting a lot of minutes. Like, that's... I don't know Dragic's normal minute count, but obviously not not being there hurt them a lot. Yeah. Now, one question that we got out of uh, last night, and I got to pull up who it was that asked a question, but I think I know where I stand on this. Um, let's see. Would you guys take Jimmy Butler over Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum? I don't think I would. Neither one. And that question came from... Jordan Benoit at Jordan underscore Benoit 94 on Twitter. So, Ty, do you want to take it first? Uh, sure. Um, the question, Jimmy Butler over Tatum and Brown. I would either take, one. Either one. I would take Jimmy over Tatum. You would take Jimmy over Tatum? I would trade him straight up right now. You would? Yeah. What? Honestly, I would. <laughs> wow. Is that surprising? Yeah, I'm very surprised. Why? Because Okay, so first of all, I know you... <sighs> You really are firmly higher on Brown than you are on Tatum. I was higher on them to start the year. Yes. After seeing them this year, I'm clearly higher on Jalen than Jason. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm. I'm not. You're, in, you're stunned. Yeah, I'm. I am stunned. Um, first of all, I wouldn't take him over Tatum, and I don't think I would take him over Brown. Uh, not at this point when Brown's clearly showing that he has a lot of room to grow, and he's been compared to the Butler before. I mean, I like a guy who's got some potential there, who's younger. You have him under contract for a while, and, and he doesn't— I know there have been, like— I, I wouldn't say Brown has issues related to him, like no. like Butler has had in the past. No. Um, although he was right— Leadership issues, He yes. was right about the the T-Wolves, though. That, yeah, he that he knew that was a disaster, and he had to get out. They suck. Uh, but, dude, I wouldn't— t- No, I still think Tatum is better than Brown, for one. And I still think that— and I absolutely think Tatum has the potential to be better than Jimmy Butler. We've seen that he's grown so much from last year, and he's grown from his rookie year, too. Clearly, that, that his sophomore year, you want to chalk up sophomore slump, that's fine. But then having all the personnel that was here made a huge huge negative impact on him, and he just couldn't work through the things he needed to. I'm Oh, no, man. No way, Ty. Can I explain why? Please. I haven't do. done it yet. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. the reason I'm w- stunned. Jimmy Butler is one of the best two-way players in the entire league for the last, what, five years, six years, since he yeah, slowly progressed from, like, three, year three, four, five, and became an all-star in Chicago. Yes. I think, I think that same trajectory is happening for Jalen Brown. I don't think Jason Tatum is going to get any better than what he is right now. I think he is who he is. Really, I don't think he, I don't think he's ever going to be an All Pro defensive player. I, I don't think his ceiling is anywhere near Jalen's in terms of the defensive end. And Jimmy has affected so many games like that. And if Jalen can be of the similar ilk of the of Jimmy Butler's game, give me a great two way player. I'm sorry, give me a very good two way player over a great offensive player any day of the week. A great two way player over no, great give, give me a play. give me a good two way player good over goal. a great offensive player. But I don't. So if you think, but if you if you think, think Jason Tatum is a great offensive player, give me Jimmy Butler but it, any day. Okay, but here's my thing though: when you say great offensive player, what is he like on defense? Is he Kyrie Irving on defense, or is he I don't like a Tatum's, serviceable defender? Yeah, I don't think Tatum's ass on defense. No, but that's the thing. But, th- but I think Brown's better, and will yes. and, and will forever be better, and probably that gap will will widen as the years go on. But I think Tatum has significantly improved defensively. We're seeing how he's you know yeah. attacking the pass. Look, J- Jalen Brown. If we're talking like one on one, and you got to put. One of those two, on, let's say, like Kawhi or LeBron, I know that they're going to eat their lunch, but I'd feel more comfortable with Brown on them. Absolutely. But I don't think that Brown, is, when it comes to creating space, that is such a huge thing. We're seeing how much 
Tatum, how well Tatum has done it, done yeah. with it. That sidestep, like step back that he has right now from three. I mean, no one else has that. None of the, no, no, no one else in this team has that. No, that's no. huge, and it's it's unblockable, it's unstoppable, and he's pretty good at it. Jalen is has been a better finisher, I would say this year. Much better finisher, but this I year. Th- I think, but well, oh, historically, sorry. he's been a better finisher than than Tatum. You mean? Yes. Yes. Okay, but I think he's. I didn't think he was that good last year. I think Tatum has grown each year into the point now where the complaints we're hearing about Tatum's layups are becoming very. That was very early in the season. Between. That was something that, like, all three of us, especially yeah. Matt, was all over that early in the oh, year. Oh, he was hating it. Yeah, he, he was, was not happy about that. But he has gotten better strong. off that. But he is not as good of a finisher inside, and that's why he needs those step backs because he mm-hmm. cannot get to the rim as well as Jalen does. I think he gets to the he, rim better. He cannot. No. Yes. No. He, he gets there better. He doesn't finish as well. Is what I'm saying. Uh, because he's trying to draw the contact too often. I feel like. Not so much now. Not so much now. We're not seeing those, those complaints on Twitter because you see them everywhere. I, I guess I can give you that, but I would I would say you have to agree with me on this one. Jalen's a much better uh, player in terms of getting to the free throw line than Jaylen, than Jason Tatum is. Yes, I mean Brad even said it last year. So I think so. I gotta look at those numbers. Let's recap. Now. I think Brown is the I think Brown's the better shooter, the better athlete, the better defender. Better athlete, better defender. You know, mm, okay. He's, all around, I like how, all around. I think he's a better player, but people just don't factor in the defense nearly as much as the offense. You're right. You're right. I think. I think Tatum is a better. I think Tatum. Okay, hold up. You think Brown so is if, a better shooter? If than you're Tatum. in a fantasy draft right now, you'd still take Tatum over Brown. I would be on the opposite end of that. No, I think I'd still. It's, see, okay, but we're not talking about fantasy drafts because I can understand why if we're talking fantasy draft that you would go with. Jalen over Jason because there are some numbers that are better. I'm trying to pull them up right now. Yeah, but I'm, when we're talking about building a team, I think that you need Tatum because he takes more. Because who's the first option that the, the teams are trying to stop on defense for the Celtics right now? It's, it's probably Kemba, right? Yeah, Kemba would be number one. Okay, one B would be Tatum. Would exactly. Say. So that's and then and then. But that's every, in terms of usage of the offense, I don't think it's in terms of like th- I mean threat level. Of course, those are like your two biggest threats. But I don't think that. Teams are focusing more on Tatum because it's like a whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't fear Jalen at all. So Jason's the guy we got to focus on. No, it's not, it's not like that. No, it's not like that. No, no. I'm not saying. Look, you have the thing is you have the both of them right now. It's starting to look like they were a great investment um, on on Danny Ainge's part. Like whether you're talking about the draft, you're talking about uh, you know uh, extending Brown. It's all been good. But I think that when you look at Tatum and you and if you took him out of this team permanently. Versus Brown, I think the guys who start defending Brown that were defending Tatum before, assuming they go on to him as opposed to Hayward, I think that Brown starts running into issues more frequently. I look, I I personally, there are sometimes I wonder like who do I enjoy watching more because I like how aggressive Jalen Brown is, but I just can't. I don't know. I just can't deny that he's a better offensive player, and and I think and that's what the, the, the league's built around. Tight, you know that. If yeah. they start changing the way that they call games, if the refs start changing things, then but we're acting like there's a, a six point and a fifteen percent shooting percentage margin between these two players. Like they're like yeah. dead even this year. Well, if you look at the three point the percentages shooting, are like on Jalen's advantage. He's the advantage. He's shooting six so percent better from overall, and then from three, he's shooting uh, two and a half percent better. So yeah, I mean he definitely has the advantage. He's a more efficient player. He's been more efficient, but I think that he I think that part of the reason he gets he I think he gets better looks yeah. than Tatum does, and I think a big part of that is because of Tatum. Because you just he doesn't deal with the same guys that Tatum has to deal with. Now at the same time, you go into Miami, no Tatum, 
and he goes and does really well. I think that's that's a huge sign. I think that right now there's no doubt though. The third best play, the the top three guys, Hayward is not in there right now. When he's yeah, good, it's Kemba, Tatum, and Enes Kanter. It... <laughs> yes, Enes Kanter for sure. Um, I was half waiting for the, the the Gilroy Kanter drop. He on needs that to come back here very soon. Um, Anus Kanter. Yeah, there we go. Um, Anus Kanter. Is that Dickerson? Anus Kanter. That's Dickerson for sure. Kanter um, is just doing everything. That's just great. He's looked a lot better. I'll give him that. But anyways. All right. You want to call Matt? Yes. All right. What's up? How you doing? Uh, just wonderful. What a wonderful day. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about it later. So before we start about the Kobe stuff, I wanted to talk about something a little less serious just to get you loose. So Perk wants us all to put respect on Chris Middleton's name because he dropped 51 on the Wizards the other night. Ty was watching the game, and we'll talk about it later. But oh, It was a bad game. What uh, What are your thoughts on putting respect on Chris Middleton's name? Yeah, where was the uh, when Team USA needed that? Ooh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Some Chris enough. Middleton, anti-American. Yes. Oh, yeah, there, <laughs> there's my answer right there. I like you it. Did get the, the, the Wizards, I think defense is optional on the Wizards this year. For real. And then Bradley Beal's complaining about not being an all-star and all this crap. I mean, they, they're just they're brutal. But I mean, um, they, I, how many times they? I, I, I wish I could look up right now how many times they've given up like over like 130. It's probably more than a few occasions. I would say it's more than a few occasions. When they get bludgeoned, they get bludgeoned. <laughs> I was telling Nick earlier, they were playing some defense last night where they were fronting the post with no weak side no. help. <laughs> it's like this is yeah. a concept that Matt would be pulling his hair out like as a coach right now, for that's, sure. And that's, and that's probably why I don't watch Washington Wizards basketball. I think yeah, that's that's got to be at least one of the reasons why I'm trying to. Actually, pull... there was a good game last night though. Not to, even though if you talked about Celtic City, that was a good game. Really good. It was a great game. Yeah, it was. We were just talking about that, actually. Yeah. Um, and then I and then I was stupid enough to keep watching and watch the Kobe stuff because that that didn't end well for me. Yeah, so I can't imagine it did. I mean, that, we got what was it? Uh, Shaq, T Mac talked the other day on ESPN. Uh, AI put out something. D Wade was on TNT too. There was um, Rick Fox addressing whether he was dead or not. Yeah, that's yeah. Weird. That was that was awful. Kenny Smith breaking down. I mean, like every, every one of those legends was in tears at one point or another. Yeah, which one hit you the hardest, Matt? Uh, I thought the two, well, the Rick Fox one hit me in a different type of way because I was like, wow, I didn't even, like, think about that, how awkward that was for, like, you know, seeing Kenny Anderson. But I would say that the two that hit me was Shaq one because I thought it was, it, it made me think about, like, all, like, you know, every, we all have friends that, you know, we don't talk to, I don't know, like, after time goes on, like, you don't really stay that connected to, but, you know, you still consider them friends and that. Like, that's kind of what Shaq was saying. Like, you know, he said he didn't – the last time he spoke to him was at his game when he dropped 60. Yeah, that was weird. That, that didn't seem yeah. right, but oh, – but, I mean, but it doesn't yeah. seem right because I thought they did that documentary. In 2018, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was looking I thought so. But anyway, the way he said it, I was like – or maybe – even if it, that was the last time they really talked, it's still like, you know, years in between. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just – it made me – I think it hit me just because I thought, like, wow, really – like, you really think about that, how many people you lose connection to or you don't you – don't, you know – Life gets you caught up, so you don't really talk to people, yeah. You know as much, and that's the last time, you know. And then he sang how you know he wished he could talk to Kobe one more time, and yeah. Um, so that that one kind of hit me pretty hard. And then I, I'd say the Jerry West one hit me even more, when, dude. When he talked about the Clippers stuff too, that was crazy. 
Yeah, was, that was crazy. But it just, I don't yeah, know, it, just, it was kind of emotional because of how close the, I know, you know, they probably were. Like you said, he, he was like his one of, like one of his sons. Yeah, and he knew from day one with Kobe, like yeah. from the workout, that, that he was going to be something special. Like he was the one guy who knew what he, like had an idea of what he could really become. But yeah, there was... I mean, Ty, you have uh, we have some sound. Well, we got Rick Fox. You got uh, what? The T Mac one was yeah, crazy. I to think me. we should go with the T Mac one here first because the other sounds more about like the media just screwing the story up. But yeah. the sound from T Mac caught me off guard because it's a statement that I'm not really sure that people expected Kobe Bryant to say. Basically, saying like I he wanted to die young and be yeah. immortalized. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me one second. Pull it up here. Whoa! Have you heard this? No, I've I haven't heard the T Mac one though. It's pretty weird. It was I, I was I was rattled when I heard it. All right, so this is Tracy McGrady on the jump on Monday. Uh, first time he reacted on national TV to uh, Kobe Bryant. This sounds crazy, but Kobe spoke this. He spoke this. He used to say all the time, "I want to die young." And really? I thought he was. Cra- he used to say, "I want to die young. I want to be immortalized, and you know, I want to." have my career be better than Michael Jordan and I want to die young. And I just thought he was just so crazy for saying that. Yeah, and then as the clip goes on, too, I know Rachel Nichols kind of tried to help Tracy kind of backtrack it a little bit to say, like, it's a before he had kids because they've known each other since they were really young. Right. But still, it doesn't... I mean, I, I appreciate T-Mac for sharing that. It doesn't... What, no matter when he said it, it doesn't change the fact that it was like... There was a point where Kobe was like, this is what he was thinking. No, there's no way he like really meant you know that he wanted to die at 41. Yeah, not as a, not as a father. No, no, not, no, 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 not no, not as a father. But I mean, it, but but he, what he, I mean, that's still you. You're not jarred by that at all. I just think it's it's very odd. I don't think T Mac would. Sh- I know T Mac's in a rough place right now, like so many of these guys. No, are, I don't but... think he would share something that wasn't. Maybe Kobe said something like that, but I don't know if he really there was really meaning behind it. Yeah, kids do say dumb things. I mean, how old was yeah. he when he said that? I mean, probably they're probably young. He definitely didn't say that as a father, man. He definitely no. was enjoying that. And everything you've seen on social media, hell no, you yeah. know, proves that. I I thought Charles Barkley also had like a, a good take last night. Um. Just kind of how he said, you know, he's really blunt and honest saying, like, you know, he wasn't friends with Kobe. He wasn't really close to Kobe, but it really affected him just because of, you know, the – and I think uh, the NBA family, I think that's a pretty cool concept of how close most of those guys are and whether you they're really actually close or they're just, you know, part of the NBA family kind of thing. You see that with, with all this. It's it's clear. Like, th- there are some guys who, who you don't – you weren't – they're not associated with Kobe necessarily, but then there are some others who it's like – you know, and in either way, everybody's kind of impacted in some way, shape, or form. And then, you know, we kind of touched on it when we did the the emergency episode. Um, I didn't want to label it that, though, because it's just with the situation and everything. But when we talked about Kobe the, the day it happened, um, the, the handling of the media, and, you know, I had one opinion about it, but I kind of ch- thought about it later on. I was like, nah, this is like the, the how bad. Some of this stuff was handled the way it was handled about his kids, the Rick Fox situation. When we listened to when Kenny, do we have the Kenny cut, Ty, when when he talked about Rick Fox and dealing with that situation? But this is something, boy, Boston needs a half-life. That's not the right cut. This is Kenny Smith saying Kemba Tatum and Brown are like a smaller Curry Thompson and Durant. Uh, Not a funny moment there. Give me one second. I I literally just had it in front of me. Uh, All right, here we go. Then I'm driving home, and I get the text that Rick Fox was on the plane, on the helicopter. 
And I tell my dad, I'm driving with my dad, I said, I can't, I can't check because I'm driving and I, I just, it would be too much for me right now. So King Rice also used to come with Rick and they'd stay in my house. So I called J.R. Reed because I know he's on the staff as well. And I text him and J.R. doesn't text me back. So now I'm like, I'm super nervous. And so we're at my house and I'm just waiting and I'm debating what to do. And I'm telling my, now I'm telling my son, I'm like, I don't know if I should call him. And so I just text Rick. I said, just say, hey. And he texts back, hey, with a broken heart in my heart. And I just screamed. <laughs> it's the race still, to be first. Yeah, that's that's you tell the story. Yeah. You don't know what it does. It's irresponsible. It's, it's irresponsible. It's it was it was irresponsible. <laughs> and the Almost all of the blame. I don't know how closely you guys followed it immediately after the breaking news came. But the first time the nation found out about this news was during the Pro Bowl on ESPN. I think ABC was also carrying a live coverage as well. And I want to well, play. And Go ahead. What's up? TMZ reported it first, right? Yeah. They, they, they had the news, uh, the, the immediate breaking news. But I'm talking about the flubbing of the story of like Rick oh, Fox yeah, and yeah. the daughters all being on it. Listen to this and audio. That was- now, who was that, though? That was ABC that. That, that messed that portion up of it. But this, yeah, is a, that was this is an idiot from ABC News named Matt Gutman. This this is such a horrible report. This is how the nation found out the immediate report on the Pro Bowl. Just before I ran out the door, my wife said, oh, my Lord, you know, we grew up with Kobe. Um, and the fact that four of his children are believed to be on that helicopter with him, all daughters, one of them a newborn, is simply devastating. He's saying oh, the belief is you, that all of the daughters were on there. You, you cannot be, do you that. Be, you should be fired. Absolutely. That is so irresponsible fired. and reckless. It's terrible. And the whole the whole problem with the whole thing is that, because realistically, uh, TMZ should have never even broke the news until the sheriff's department told Kobe's family, like all the families that were involved that this happened. So hold up. So that's, that's the thing, Matt, and that's what I was saying to Ty. This is what's so messed up in all this is – when now does this guy have the do you have the whole clip of the TMZ guy talking so listen to this Matt this is where stuff gets manipulated and certain people catch blame and certain people don't where TMZ actually doesn't deserve blame ABC does but TMZ is going to catch the brunt of it yeah this is Harvey Levin calling into uh, a Los Angeles radio show yesterday talking about hey how did this all go down it's like, crazy did you guys break the news before the Bryant family found out and Harvey says no we followed the right protocol number one we were to- we dealt with Kobe's people for an hour before we published the story and we were told very clearly that uh, that she had been notified number one uh, number two um, again we had we, I got the tip initially from law enforcement, from a source uh, that I've had for years. And then we, called, we talked to Kobe's people, and we were dealing with them for an hour before we published the story, and they said, go for it. At a point, we were all trying to confirm it, and we confirmed it, but they all knew, and they said, go for it, and they said she knew. So I'm not sure what he's saying on that. Uh, you know, I talked to one of Kobe's people today, and they felt that, that you know, there was a leak that um, ABC published a story that all of Kobe's kids perished in the crash, which was erroneous. And somebody from Kobe's camp told me, you know, they felt that that may have well have been a leak from the sheriff's department and, uh, and, and you know, that they, they had their own issues when they, when they walked out there. So I'm not sure 
what he's talking about. He he is uh, the he in the story is the Los Angeles County Sheriff Alex Villanueva, who came out immediately and was like, "Hey, this is disgusting." Mm. That TMZ is breaking the news before the family's found out. And obviously, that's Harvey Levin saying, that's not really how it worked out. So in this whole thing, TMZ journalistically did their job correctly. And those idiots at ABC News, the first time the nation really finds out, unless you're on Twitter following TMZ, the ABC News outlet and the reporter dropped the ball and TMZ got Mm -hmm. it right, which is insane to me. Yep. It's crazy. It's and, and then the TMZ guy goes and gives the radio station crap about it. Like, did you guys report? Did you guys? What the heck are you doing over there, Matt? Jesus, you're you're what? we, whatever the heck you're moving around and doing right now. We're recording. God, I'm, I'm outside. Oh, okay. I wouldn't have guessed that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> what I was saying was that he gave the guy crap for like, did you guys pick it up? Did you guys report it? And they're like, well, you know, yeah, whatever. It's like, so it's the same thing. It's the same difference. Well, what, what, if people doubt, if you're going to give TMZ crap for it, then you should have been waiting for three people to report this. Like, you can't just go and jump and use their report and then, you know, wag your finger at them. I agree with them 100% on that. We waited over, you know, I was talking to Hannibal when we were doing this and because Rob was doing something else. And it was TMZ, ABC, and then it's like we're waiting for Woj. Shams, one more, one more, you know, Stein, someone like that who would have it, someone who's like big in the NBA that's gonna have it. We gotta wait because we'd seen the sheriff's report, so we knew there was a crash, not a uh, not a report that Woj wants to be putting out there. But he once he put it out there, then it's like okay, you know it. And then the same thing happened with the kids too because that was where it got even worse. It's terrible. So anyway, that's I mean that was the the I mean and then Rick Fox is dealing with it on his end too because you know. He's got people thinking that he died, too? Yeah, course, M- Matt, right? when you were first following the story, did you see the reports about Rick Fox or that all the daughters no. were on there at all? So, I So, realistically, um, my brother was the one that kept, and my dad, they, they were the ones that first broke it to me through a text. And then, then like, my brother was like, you know, he was, wherever he was seeing the Twitter stuff, he, he would be like, um... He said Rick Fox was supposed to be on the plane and, and possibly all his daughters. So he was, like, reading all the minutia that was being thrown out there. Okay. Yeah, it was – I mean, I, I remember seeing the Rick Fox thing. I'm like, why was he with them? What, what, I, don't, I don't know. I, I know that they played together and, you know, there's some relationship. But why is he – where is this coming from? Unless, like, their daughters played together or something Maybe. like that. But they, they didn't, so. So it was, it was very strange. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it was weird that Ty came in. But, yeah, this audio was – probably the worst one for me because he's talking about how his family was personally affected by the the media dropping the ball in the story and how he was put in the helicopter and reported as being dead and here's rick fox yesterday on the uh, the kobe tribute show fortunately you know one of my my daughter's greatest fears is finding out that a parent or one of her parents would be lost uh through social media mm. instead of from a, a you know a loved one or a family member and and, uh, you know, she fortunately called me, and we just were talking and crying about the news of Kobe and, and my son. And then we started, you know, so we were talking. I was talking to my kids, just trying to spend the time with them. And then the phone just started going off. And, and I'm thinking to myself, everybody wants to talk about Kobe. And, and I right now want to be with my kids and my family. And then all of a sudden, my best friend, King Rice, who's a basketball coach. You know King Kenny. North I'll Carolina. Tell you, I'll just, tell you the story yeah, between King and yeah. King. Okay, he, he walked off the court at Iona, and somebody apparently told him that I may have been on the helicopter. And 
he he started calling. So I'm seeing King's number, you know, repeatedly going and going and going. And I think he's worried about me. So I said, I'm going to talk to my best friend. And I answered and I said, hey, man, this is crazy about Kobe. And he just was bawling. And I started crying and he was like, you're alive. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, like, what do you mean? And he, and it was in that moment that I, my phone just started going and my mom and my sister and my brother. And, and so look, this, is, this, has been, this has been a lot to the process for all of us. Um, Unreal. Quite frankly, um, we're, we're blessed to have had the time we had with Kobe. Um, so just to be clear, Ty, Hey, his daughter and his son were on the phone with him when the Kobe news initially broke. Yeah. They knew he was fine. But his sister, his mom, his best friend that was a co- you know, the Iona coach, they did not know. Those were all the people that were, like, confused afterwards. And all of us in the media yes. and the fans all had saw you know, or had heard rumors. And I think it all started from a viral Facebook post. It's and Rick Fox was on there. And I think, like, Courtney Fallon from WEI reached out yeah. to Rick Fox's daughter and was like, is this is this true? And the daughter yeah. said, like, no, no. I, right. I, I, I just talked that. to my dad, and Rick's fine. Yeah. So it's an, a, a big, big major L taken there by, by ABC News. And so many- it was a weird story to follow all throughout the day. Um, it, it did see today that they they have recovered all nine bodies. Um, <sighs> but this is a story that's, that's not going away. I, no. I don't know. Um, what the next legs of the story are kind of seems like well, maybe the jersey retirement, well, yeah, or the number so, of retirement so stuff. We, so there's a lot, Matt. I'm, have you seen some of this? How like guys are talking about getting rid of uh, or not wearing number eight, number twenty four anymore? Have you seen that? I was actually going to bring that up. It kind of was pissing me off that people like were getting all were, were getting all pissed off at players that didn't want to you know give up the number. So you're seeing? Okay, I haven't seen that. Yet. Not They're, not like not like people that actually matter. I'm talking about you know the. <laughs> The scum, the scum of Twitter. I, I've seen some people like some of the stuff they say. It actually bothers me. So they're saying like get. I haven't seen any of this. So they're saying you're like a you're an asshole for not. Yeah, getting rid of like I've seen some stuff. It, I saw some too. Uh, who was the first? Is he, he's on the Pacers. I don't really know. I, oh I guess yeah, I really... I, yeah. I gotta get that. I mentioned that to Ty earlier. I don't know his name. Um, I, but I yeah, know but it, Kemba's he... might not get rid of it. It doesn't sound like he's going to. We we have some of that. It, we can play later. Yeah, and I, I honestly, I honestly think that they should, you know, they shouldn't. If you, if you feel like that's your way of honoring him, then, then keep his number. Right. Unless right. it's like a league-wide thing where you, then fine. But you know, guys should have a choice. Like if they, if they want to give up his number and and whatever, so be it. But you know, if if you want to honor him, like Kemba, you know what, Kemba's got that mom in him. So you know what, I, I think he's doing Kobe an honor by repping that number. It's Elise Johnson, who's the guy in the Pacers who's wearing number 24. Yeah. That, that doesn't and want to get rid of and, and, he wrote a, and he wrote a really nice thing on, on Twitter, and there was people, like, saying something. I'm like, dude, people are so suck. Like, whatever. This is his way of honoring Kobe. Everybody honors some way in a different way. Exactly. You're not you're, – it's not – I have no problem with guys want to get rid of it, but when you retire a number league-wide, like, I know this is a weird circumstance because he died so young, but it's just – I mean, there's that, Matt, and I. So I don't think the league should retire the number. Ty, you agree? Should not retire eight. Should not retire twenty four. No, I, I wouldn't have a problem no. with it, but I would choose no if I was the. The Mavericks have think, retired. I don't, I don't think. I don't think they need to. No, I don't think so either. And this Matt's as big a Kobe guy as anybody is out there. The Mavericks have retired number twenty four though. So and, that's, they, and that's a nice gesture, but you. you, you I, it's one thing with your own yeah, organization. You, yeah, and you're not, and you're not wrong. No one's wrong for not doing it. Right. I, what, what, what's up with this, like, I mean, I don't know how legitimate it is, like, 
Why are people, there's 2 million people sign a petition to have him as the new logo? Well, and, then, like that? and then, so there's this art, there's another artist too out there who's, um, who's, who's designed, there's a few artists that have designed a logo with Kobe there. One of them's Boss Logic, who's done, who does a lot of great work. I actually follow him on Instagram and he does a lot, he does a decent amount of basketball stuff too. I highly recommend following him if you guys like that kind of stuff. Um, but he does a lot of superhero stuff. Anyways, the point is he did, um, he, de- he made a Kobe one, a couple of them. And it looks pretty good. He did a, one with Lakers colors, one with the NBA colors. But the NBA, has a, I was reading this off a uh, post that Greeny wrote on Barstool. Apparently, it's they don't want to they they don't treat it like there's um they don't want the logo to be a specific player. Like that's it's like they, they're the league's not everyone knows it's Jerry West right the, now. Though. The league's not acknowledging that it's Jerry West. Apparently, I don't know. It's very strange. But that's why, why the nickname's why, the logo. Yeah, that's weird. I don't. But that's why I guess that's why I don't know. I mean, again. I I have like Keith actually talked about some solutions for for the, how you handle this situation. Uh, Mannix proposed what was it the All Star game this year? One side wears eight, one side wears twenty four. I think that's awesome. The other thing was that Keith brought up name an award after him. I think that's a great idea. Permanently name an award after Kobe. What do you think, Matt? I I thought I think that's pretty cool. I also saw something today. It said call it the. Uh, Bryant Center instead of Staples Center. I know they wouldn't do that, but that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, you could. Well, you could call it the mm, the Staples know, Bryant said, Center. They said, yeah, you couldn't get the Staples out of it. But I'm just saying, Kobe Bryant somebody, Court at Staples Center or something. You know? yeah, yeah, you could so, do that. Something. Yeah, I think that would be cool. Like, I, again, I, at the end of the day, as an organization, like the only team that really needs to do stuff like that is, to me is the Lakers. Yeah, the Lakers. Not the, not the Mavericks. Not the Mavericks. No, not the Mavericks. Nah, and, and the, the fact that they did it, it's a nice gesture, but I don't think they had Like, they didn't do that. I think in a, naming an award after him, I think Keith said do the All-Star Game MVP. I, I'm fine with that. He won it like three or four times or something like that. Like, what, three and a half yeah. times? Sure, sure, it was Shaq that one time. I think that's a good idea. Go with that. Um, but not the logo. No, no on the logo? No, no, no Paul, on the logo. Paul Pierce wants it to be the logo. Does he? You haven't heard this yet? This is Paul Pierce with TMZ saying it should be the logo and they need to do more. Retire the number and the logo as well. So you want to see a Kobe Bryant day? So so is that the best way to honor him? Just that, retire his number around every arena. Right. I mean, he, he has such an impact on our on our game, on this generation, that you have to make his presence felt and continuously felt. You know, forever. Some, some people are saying change the logo. You know, the I'm NBA with logo. That too. You're with that too. <laughs> I'm with that too, man. All right, you're All right. the man, Paul. Sorry. Take care. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. I'm just laughing at the TMC. Yeah, people are so annoying. That's too much. That's too much. Yeah, I mean, this is coming. And actually, they're showing the graphic right now on ESPN. All these guys who were eight are changing their numbers. Spencer Dinwiddie was the first. Then you got Marquise Morris, Terrence Ross, and the graphic's gone. But uh, a lot of guys have done it. And. I mean, again, I. It's fine that you want to do it, especially like if that was your favorite player growing up or whatever. I have no problem. You want to change it, but to say no one can ever wear it again. I mean, MJ's the number two. I know he didn't. Obviously, he didn't pass away, but he's the number that we have always said. If you're going to retire somebody league wide, it would be MJ. I would think because he's the greatest player yeah. of all time. But they haven't done it with him. No, and they shouldn't. But. I think that they definitely, like you said, they they should an award or something at some point. With his name on it would be pretty cool. I mean, he if you think about it, he really did transcend the NBA along with, you know, obviously it started with Bird and Magic and then Jordan took the reins and then, you know, Kobe and now LeBron. So, I mean, Kobe mm-hmm. definitely 
has had a huge impact in the NBA. So, I mean, whatever they decide to do, a lot of people have already done really nice gestures and all that stuff. So, again, however they want to, you know, represent mm-hmm. and respect them, like, you know, they'll come up with something. I, I just don't want it over the top. Like, let's not do a thousand things here. Right. That's the, that, but that's what, that's what happens. Kind of overdoing with, it. Yeah, that's, that's the thing that happens with these type of things. And I get it. Like, he – he went too soon, and I and I respect honoring him maybe more than you would have if he hadn't passed away soon. Like that's totally fair because it rocked everybody because you we were all cheat like everyone was cheated. Um, you know, I think who was it that said that the other day? I think it was that was Kendrick Perkins. Like the world is getting cheated by not having Kobe around for a longer for you know a full lifetime. But I mean to go and do the logo and the numbers and and whatever like it's just. I think an award is more than an awesome gesture, and I don't know that he would have gotten it if this hadn't happened. I mean, I don't, I don't think he would have necessarily, right? No, no way. Um, no. Yeah. Ty's shaking his head, no, it doesn't work. On, uh, Ty, I don't know if you know this, but shaking your head does not work. On the podcasting. audience couldn't hear that? Yes, no, they could not hear that. I um, could hear it. Oh, shut up. Oh, yeah, you could, you could hear that from wherever the hell you are right now? Yeah, you guys. It's loud over there, man. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if we had anything else Kobe-related that we wanted to touch on. Was there anything else, Matt, that, uh, how are you doing with all this? Cause obviously he was your guy. And, and well, I mean, I, for, you know, like we talked about how different people can, you know, show their love for him or whatever. I, Monday I went to school with the Kobe Jersey on, hmm. you know, um, coach, I got to coach a, the, one of the team I coach at my school. I, you know, I got to coach a game with the Jersey on. So a lot of people, you know, really liked it and all that stuff. So, and I just told, and there, you know, some. I actually had a kid come up to me in school and was like, you know, are you going to have your kids do something to honor Kobe? Because, you know, all, you know how kids are. Like, they see the 24-second shot. And we don't have a 24-second shot clock and all that kind of stuff. So they were asking me. And I just said, you know, I'm just going to tell the kids and it's what I told them. I said, the only way, if you really, want, you know, want to show love for Kobe or, you know, play for Kobe, it's really just do it on the court and just play with that tenacity, that competitiveness, that drive. That that that's how you show up. Yeah, for screw, Kobe. screw the theatrics. Just go out and play basketball. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they yeah, were like, oh, him. do a moment. I'm like, no, we're not doing all that. Like, hey, you, you know what Kobe would want you to go out there and compete your ass off. And that's it. That's what he. That's what he was all about for sure. And that's why yeah, Kemba. I, I saw, and, go ahead. I saw a video on Twitter today of him guarding D Wade full court. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yes, yeah, gave me goosebumps, man. That gave me goosebumps. Locked he, him up. Yeah. He Locked was, him up. He was all well, over. I mean, think about that. What what guy in the NBA does that anymore? Full court. Just come on. That's crazy. Yeah. No, no, you never see anything like that ever. He got he, he had him. But I'll give you I'll give you a little hot take, and I know Ty's not gonna like this, but I, I just feel it. I don't know why. I think the Lakers are gonna win the championship now. Really? Nick right on yeah. the phone right now. Is it... Wow! Oh, because no. oh, of the Kobe you, stuff. I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm just saying. Like when stuff like this happens, you remember the Red Sox and the Boston Marathon kind of stuff. Yep. 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 yep, yep. Like I just feel like LeBron is just gonna in, in that is gonna be on a different level. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I just I just feel like stuff like this can can give a team more drive. I don't know. I, I'm no, not saying I'm take. rooting for the Lakers. I'm just saying I. That's my feeling now. Yes. No. I. I get that. 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 Glenn was actually saying that to me earlier too. I think that's fair. That's t- stuff like that is definitely real. It makes a huge difference. And yeah, I was just thinking, just, like, uh, like the Lakers, they lost. They had just lost to the Sixers. They got blown out by the Celtics. Like, where are they going? And then you know, yeah, this can change the course of things for them for sure. Or they could go yeah. in the other direction. But you're probably right, Matt. Uh, before we let you go, 
We had a question that was sent to us, and Ty and I talked about it before, and I was blown away by Ty's take on this. Um, this is from, you know, obviously the Madeiras mailbag, which we haven't really dug into much lately or advertised at all. Um, would you guys take Jimmy Butler's off, off of the game the other night, Jimmy Butler over Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum? And you're saying, like, this question means, like, right now. Right now. They're I mean, all the right- same age. No, no, no! Right now, like we're as no, is. that's what I'm saying. Like they're, they're my fault. Oh, I said the wrong way. Yes. Their age is what they are right now. Yes. Okay. No, I keep I keep Tatum to Brown. Ty, would you care to tell him what uh, what you said? I said I would trade Jimmy Butler straight up. If I had Jason Tatum, I would give Tatum up and bring in Jimmy Butler. But he would not do it no. for Brown. Not for Brown, though. I'm a Brown guy. You know that. No, no I wouldn't do that. <laughs> if you put a gun to my head, I wouldn't do that. Can I explain my rationale, though? I, I said, yeah, you can you can explain it. I, I said that the two. <laughs> I think Jimmy's one of the best two way players in the league, and I think that Jalen's on that same trajectory. I think that I, let me explain this debate before. I think that Jalen's the better athlete, the better shooter, and the better defender. And I would I would always take a very good two way player over a great offensive player any day of the week. Well, I just think if you're pairing Brown and Butler, you're pairing two of the same guys. And I don't think that. Makes See, it I didn't well. factor that. That's actually Ooh, a good that's point. That's a great. That's point. a really good point. That's why we miss you. Because to me, I I like Jimmy Butler a lot. I'm just saying, I if he's he is who he is. He's not going to get any better. He's hit his ceiling. I'm gambling that Brown and Tatum are going to continue to grow and grow and grow. And to me, Butler is Butler is what I would like Brown to be and then exceed. Um, so I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade Tatum. I, the reason I think Tatum and Brown are like, you know, interesting to me is that I feel like, you know, they can mesh mm-hmm. because they have different games, but I, like we've also talked about, and I think it's a real thing. Shout out to, uh, our second, you know, you know, Dan <laughs> listener. Yes. I, I do think, because if you think about it, I was thinking about this the other night. Remember what Dwayne Wade had to do for LeBron? Yep. Because he had to like initiate LeBron to be the man because, mm-hmm. They they needed they need, even though they're both really good players, one of them had to be the, the the man, the go-to guy, and that's I think you know Tatum would be over Brown if Brown is fine with that role. Can he do that? Is that going to hurt his ego? I don't know. They seem like they like each other, but I think that's when I see these two play, that's my ceiling from them. Not saying they're LeBron and D Wade, but I'm saying like Tatum's mm-hmm. the guy and Brown's the you know it's Batman and Robin. They can't be two Batman. Right. That's the way I see it. Yeah, no, I, I I argued the point with him earlier, so I, you're you're pretty much saying what I was saying. Yeah. Before. I think Tatum's what? maxed out as a player, so that's my reason. That's the other thing too. He thinks he's maxed out. That's right. I, I, you think I, who's maxed he out? He thinks Tatum is what he is I, right I, now. I, I he's think, not getting better. He's like he's like 21. <laughs> Michael Carter Williams has been the same guy who he's been for like five years. I mean, well, he's here's the problem. The year. This I, is a whole different. That's a whole different story. We're talking about Syracuse. Any guy that comes in the league from Syracuse can't play defense anyway. Or shoot. They're already, and if you don't have a good offensive game, a la Melo, you're a nobody. That's, that's a Syracuse problem. They play stupid-ass zone. To our listeners out there, please, if you haven't already, do not turn off the podcast because of what Tyler just said about Michael Carter-Williams. And, and please, if you listen to this podcast and you coach a basketball team, do not play zone. Oh, my God. Right. I was, we were talking I, about I, that hey, earlier. This is an epidemic. I can go on a rant about this. Go ahead. How many middle school kids, their coaches pl- have them play a 2-3 zone? You're not teaching them anything. If you're not All athletic. you're teaching them is how to be lazy, Yes. not guard anybody, yes. and that's why when they get to high school, they suck and they can't play defense. Yes. Oh, it's amazing. So I'm t- I take it you've been having a frustrating time with uh, with the coaching? No, we, we just beat a team the other day by 25 because 
And they were actually a good team. They just sat in a zone, and we just scored at will because they didn't want to play defense. And then the coach comes up to me after, and he's like, yeah, we couldn't really figure you guys out. Every team we play against plays zone, and you guys play man. I'm like, well, because I try to teach the kids how to actually guard somebody because they actually want to play basketball. That's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is a middle school team. Huh. It's, no, but it's all middle school teams because, to be honest with you, like most middle school coaches, all they care about is winning. And it's easy to win if you play against a team that may be athletic but can't shoot because you just pack it in the zone. Most middle school kids aren't like volume shooters. So, right. They're not going to make you, know, you pay from the court. You're probably going to win. You might win. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what are you te- – I mean, aren't we supposed to be teaching kids how to play? And that's you're- why I look at the NBA now. I'm like, who the hell plays defense? Well, that's why we're seeing like that. We were just talking about how the the Heat, their zone defense was a huge issue for the Celtics last night in the second quarter, and obviously they figured it out later on. But it seems like a lot no, more teams and, are going back to that zone. All zone is bad. Like Ty was just no, I heard yeah. Ty saying, unless you're athletic, that makes sense. Like you mix it up, but you can't just tell me playing a two-three zone for a whole game is good. Well, no, no you no. just sit in the zone. If you're just sitting back in the zone like that and just packing it in, then you're screwed. There obviously has to be a lot. You, you can't just go. Yes. Well, yeah. if you're playing a zone, you're admitting one of two things. You're admitting you're not good enough to stop the other team man to man. Amen. Yep. Or the other yep. thing is you don't th- you don't think the other team, the offense, can shoot. Right. Which, it's, 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 which or, is one of two things. Which in middle school, yes, but at the same time. Yeah. At the, the but no, we're talking about the NBA. Yeah. This oh, is the yes. Miami Heat. Yes. The Miami Heat right. are playing oh, the zone against the Celtics last night. Like, but, that's but, ridiculous. But, that, but, that, but, that can, but if you play zone for some possessions, I, I can understand that because that, that throws people off. You're, you're, in, you're in a different look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's but, most, but now we're starting to see some of these guys are trying to play that zone because they, that's why Brad likes having all these switchable guys, and that's why we're talking about trade rumors and stuff. He wants guys who can just cover the same area. It doesn't matter. Like, smart, you can do that with because he's so physical and all yeah. that crap. Whereas, like the, whereas the Heat don't want Bam Adebayo to be switching on a ball screen or nothing it, like that. They it, cannot yeah. do that. Exactly, exactly. At the end of the day, I've, I've always been a believer that you have to be able to guard man-to-man because at the because at the end of the day, it all comes down to stops. Who can get stops at the end of games? And I, I don't think you can get stops playing a zone. And right. in the NBA, they've made you, you know, they've made it so you can't play really good zone because you can't stand in the middle of the paint. Exactly. Um, but you know, it's it just I, I, it's sad. Like I, I, I go on a rant about it. I just I just see did. it all the time, and it's embarrassing <laughs> when a coach, the other coach, like says to me, and I have to be like, yeah, man, I get it. Yeah, we, you know, we play decent man-to-man defense, but it's like. Well, it's no kidding. You don't. Your kids don't know what to do against man. They're used to playing against the zone when no one, everybody's in the paint, or you know, no, everybody's lazy. They jump. Yep. You know, they're not disciplined. Well, when they get to high school, I see it. Like I see it at the high school level. Most of these kids don't know how to play health defense. They don't know how to guard the ball. What I don't it's understand. Just, it's kind of sucks. What I understand at, at the youth level, Matt, is like you. There's such an emphasis, and I guess sometimes it's tough with parents. But you have such an emphasis on winning still. And, and don't get me wrong, you're not going out there, you're not playing to lose, obviously. But as a coach, you got to be like committed to the process and trying to teach them how to do it the right way because you're trying to help them get to the next level. I just, and obviously you strive to win within that, but you don't want to, if you're just cheating them the whole time, then what the hell's the freaking point? There's no, you're not helping them at all. No, and, and it's, and it really is, a, it, it, it comes down to that. Some coaches, I think it's two things with coaches. These are one, they really want to win, right? And that's kind of their best way to win. Or two, they either are, don't know how to teach man-to-man mm-hmm. or they're just lazy coaches because it's easy to just be like, all right, we're going to play 2-3. Yeah, I'm not joking with you. I've played – we've played this year my, my middle school team that I coach. We've probably played like seven or eight games. Not one team has played us man-to-man. And the one team that sw- like switched halfway through man-to-man, it was – I mean, my kids were literally just taking the ball 
and just going by someone there was no help layup. And was, it's just like, what that, a joke. It's, it's bad. Was that uh, was that Bradford's team that <laughs> he coaches? No, we haven't played Bradford's team yet. Oh, we, geez, uh, I can't imagine we won't, that. He, he, didn't schedule, he didn't schedule our uh, varsity. Our JV team's going to play his varsity team or their top middle school team or whatever. Oh, okay. Because Rob actually They're coaches. Afraid. Yeah, I, I, I'd love to see your middle school team go against his varsity team. I'm sure you're, you're at least better coached, your team. <laughs> Oh, I'd outcoach him, but I don't think we'd outplay. <laughs> oh man! All right, hey Matt, um, yep. we, I'll catch up with you later. Thanks. All right, good talking to you guys. So, what do you think, Ty? When it comes to um, when it comes to Perk, he wants us to put respect on Middleton's name, like we we're talking to Matt about a second ago. Um, we're gonna put. He wants us to put respect on Chris Middleton's name because he dropped fifty-one points on the Washington Wizards the same night that Bledsoe had. 34, I think it was? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. 151 points as a team and no Giannis Antetokounmpo. You watched that game, actually, right? I bet on that game. You bet? Why? Oh. I, I, bet, I bet the under. Oh, you don't. I said, Vegas, this is, this line's too good to be true. It's 241. There's no Giannis. How are they going to score 100? Uh, even if the Bucks score 140. I mean, we really think that they can get to 240 total? Like, no, there's no chance. Oh, and it was at, like, it was 88-63 at half. That's a third quarter score for the Bulls. Did like, you, come on! Please tell me you were at home this time and not at a. I sports was at book. home throwing things. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Better you throw things at home. The then. Wizards are just—they're um, miserable. Like they don't—they have—they were fronting guys in the post with no weak side help last night. It was like, this is like fourth grade stuff we're doing here. Uh, like, yet Bradley Beal is complaining about how he's not getting into the All Star game. He's, not you, Brad Beal. He's shut up. It, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's but back to the Middleton thing. Look, he's good. He's good. If he got into the All-Star game this year as, like, the wild card or whatever, I'd be fine with it because of how good the Bucks are. That's the only reason. I mean, he's, his numbers are good for sure, but I just don't—I mean, I feel like we talk about Brown benefiting from Tatum. You st- you put Chris Middleton—you put Chris Middleton on, on most of the teams, he's not going to put up the numbers that he's putting he's up He's a right number now. three at best. Yes, I on, think. On most teams. I think that's totally and Milwaukee fair. Milwaukee gets by with him being their number two because Giannis is legitimately like the best player in the world for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I don't know, a long time, but no, you get no, what no, I'm no, saying. Is point. He fair. makes up the gaps of not having elite talent alongside of him because he's so damn good. And he's starting to shoot threes more and more, and it's getting a little like, how are you going to stop this guy? Which we'll get to, uh, speaking that of— was a free throw line, I guess, you know? Big guy shooting three-pointers. We'll talk about uh, Zion a little bit later. But, um, so, I mean, Perk's been— uh, Perk's been good on some things lately, but there are other times where it's like, you know, he's he's trying to ride Russ a little bit too much. Like, in, like he's trying to support him a little he's bit. Mr. Thunder. Yeah, I Mr. mean. Mr. Thunder. I mean, he is Mr. Thunder in I my think, book. Yeah. But I just like Perk. There are some guys who are fun to watch for sure, but they are just not. The way they play the game, it doesn't work. Like, they're not. It's not going to get the job done. And that's kind of what Russ is. Middleton is a little bit different. But Middleton also usually wants too much money. He, yeah. Like you said, it just works because Giannis is what it comes down to. Victor Oladipo. Yeah, Victor. Well, he's yeah, he's 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 back on the court. He's back. Thank God, man. I, I don't know how I missed this. I, I mean, it's a regular season basketball game. It's not. A big but it's deal, against but your Chicago Bulls. Against, I don't watch them anymore. Oh, you, you gave them up? I, I literally do not want to invest my time watching the Bulls. Well, as we're recording this right now, I have it on my iPad. He's got four points, two assists, and a rebound. So he's uh, He's getting it going. I don't know what the score is right now. For some reason, that's not that's not up. Oh, it's. I got 15 guys to develop. Oh yes, no, I can I can understand. Actually, that's what it was when we were talking last episode. We were talking about coaches that uh, might get canned, 
and I forgot to bring up Boylan. I got 15 guys to develop. Someone, uh, I think it was Fennis Dembo called us out on Twitter. He's like, you guys forgot about Ty's guy. He's like, oh, shit, that's What was right. it, last week? I think you tagged me in the tweet from 5 Out where he called a timeout with, like, five seconds left, and they were up nine. W- yes. What the hell's wrong with this guy, dude? He's so like, The crowd is like, what are, what are we doing? Like, this is embarrassing. Did you see Kobe White's in a commercial, too? I think it was for, like, tires. Oh, no. Dude, it's, it's like, for tires. I think it's I think it's from the NBA, though. Like, they, I don't, but I'm listening to him. It's like, I, I like him a lot. And he seems like, a, he's a good, seems like a good dude, and that's part of why I like him. But he's mumbling through the commercial. He, 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 no, he's not a great speaker. Yeah, he's <laughs> not much charisma there with Kobe White. Yeah, it's, it's. <laughs> Maybe you got to work on that a little bit, but if you're going to keep doing that, I'm all for you doing it, but you got to work on it a smidge. Um, so right now we say Middleton is a three. We'll go with that. That's about as much respect as you're going to get out of us, Perk. But going to the Beal stuff, <laughs> this so a lot of players have been talking about the the All Star vote and everything. Spencer Dinwiddie talked about how um, how you know he's not going to win those things because like, sometimes it's a popularity contest. Now I understand his point because you look at Kyrie, he goes and becomes what was it second in the in the uh, fan vote. Kyrie does not deserve to be an All Star this year. It's not that's not what that's what my argument always is with awards too. When someone says, "Oh, LeBron James should be the MVP every year," or or you say that about Tom Brady or or, or Kobe, you know he only won it once. Um, whoever. Mike Trout in baseball, it's not about who's the best player in the game right now. Some player, like like overall, year in, year out, like this guy's the most talented. It's about who's the best individual person in that season. And sometimes it's LeBron, sometimes it's not. And when it's all-stars, yeah, Kyrie is a, is a stud on the offensive end, but if he's not playing, then how the hell are you going to put him in a game where it's all the guys who've been playing the best this year? I'm sorry. So if he, get, he could get in as a reserve, but... Anyways, what I'm saying is, Dinwiddie's right. He's not going to win that when it comes to the popularity contest portion of it. He could still get in his reserve. A lot of people were showing respect. Bradley Beal could get into, but he was upset about it because, you know, he talked about it with Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports, and I think we have the sound. Fan voting. It's terrible. I was about to. Was... <laughs> oh, let, let me be. I want to be. I want to make sure. I'm, I'm, I'm blunt. Being... I'm very I'm, blunt. I, okay, I'm glad you're blunt. Fan voting is absolutely it's horrendous, man. So this is the it's third. Terrible. This is the third returns, and I'm looking at the East guards. Yep, you are ninth. Ninth. Uh, I'm looking at so number one Trey Young, then Kyrie Irving, Kimball Walker, Derrick Rose, Kyle Lowry, Zach Levine, Jalen Brown, Ben Simmons. Then it's you, and then tenth uh, last is uh, Fred VanVleet. Do you think fans should have a vote? Before he answers that question, <laughs> he's pissed, and you can hear him like mumbling under his breath. Yeah, it's a joke. It's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> the Wizards have no fan base. Yep. They have none. Yep. When was the last time you ever saw that building full? Ever. I never. The Arenas and uh, Is what? It Gilbert. Gilbert Arenas and Antoine, Antoine Jameson days yeah. against uh, LeBron like in the Cavs in that, what, that first round. Like That is the only time they've ever seen any fans in the building. <laughs> So he's mad that he is ninth in the Eastern Conference guards among fan votes. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what's going to happen. The fans didn't vote for you because your team doesn't have fans. Because what's the issue at the end of the day? They, they don't win. Suck. They exactly. don't win. Here's win a ball game one time, please. Please try once. Yes. Fans should have a vote. Be it's careful, tough. Brad. Be careful. It's, it's tough. It's tough because it's tough because you can't. We respect fans, and we love our fans, you know. Um, 
But we also know that there are a lot of people out there who don't know the game. We also know there's a lot of people who just have favorite players and don't watch everybody else. Yeah. We all know that there's people who, you know, who they're going to vote just one guy because that's his favorite player, his, you know, his favorite everything. So I don't have that. <laughs> yeah. Whose fault that. is that then? So for me, it's kind of an unfair advantage in a way, but <laughs> it is what it is. You know, you got to win some damn games. And maybe yes. you can have some more votes. Hey. Is there, do you think that we should alter the voting process a little bit? Yeah. I feel we, like we I feel like fans. I feel like, feel like fans should have a smaller percentage. Smaller of votes. percentage. So right now, fans have fifty, and then media and that's a bit much. Players twenty. That's too much. That's a bit much. I mean, what is he? Okay, so he. It's finished, a fan event, man. He and you finished ninth in the fan voting. He finished. Uh, where is it? Fifth in the media ranks. The media wouldn't put you in the starters. So what? Are, no, it's true. What does he mad about? That he's he, not a starter because he think because this is what happens. With his, You're not better than Trey Young or Kemba Walker, dude. Like, what are you talking about? You're Brad Beal. You're scoring a shit ton of points on a bad team. I can understand why he'd be pissed about Trey Young doing so well, though, because Trey Young's team is the same situation. Is, but he is so much more. So he's easier to root for. He's a likable guy. Yes, he is flashy. He is Steph Curry in the Eastern Conference. He I mean, plays on a fun team. Does you know, Atlanta they suck. have this rabid bit fan base that I don't know about? Actually, now that we're now that we're saying it, do no, they? No, 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 they don't. No, no. So and, and look what he's doing, right? He's turning heads. He's doing it on his own, right? Oh, he's, so you're saying that the, the the most votes for the Eastern Conference guards shouldn't have gone to Trey Young? No, what, what I'm saying, yeah, you know what I'm saying based on off, <laughs> off, off of what Bradley Beal's whole logic is, or, or, or you saying before yeah. about how. They have no fans, neither do the Wizards, and yet one guy is number one in the fan voting and the other guy is nine. Exactly. That's exactly my point. Because you don't play any defense, and you're not likable, and you complain a ton. And mm-hmm. It's just like wh- nobody watches the Wizards no. at all. I no. mean, nobody watches the Hawks, but, I mean, <laughs> there's a there's a certain style of play that is easier on the eyes to watch of Trey Young's than it is the Brad Beal. I, I Look, don't I like – and that's the thing with – I would say with Kemba versus Kyrie, where he runs into a problem, too, is I think Kyrie – is I've said I've said it for a long time. Kyrie looks when he plays when he's dribbling out there like in making his moves. It looks like he learned how to walk and dribble at the same time. I stand by that. He like that's why I like watching him so much. Kemba is great. He he has a lot of moves and he has that great step back that we all know from when he was in college. Blah blah blah. But like Kyrie has a fluidity to his game that few guys do. Trey Young has this flashiness that few guys do. But the thing is with Bradley Beal, it's like you're in D.C. That's what's going to happen. And, I mean, he's—the thing is, you make all this money still at the end of the day. First of all, don't don't stay in D.C. if that's much of an issue. Like, if you're really that upset about it, you shouldn't be in D.C. Why does he care about all-star voting? Right. That's the other thing. If, you're, if, you're in, if you do well enough, the players are going to help you get in in the media because that's what happened with Kemba. The fan it's vote, not the entire equation here, guys. Exactly. It's the, not 100% of the fan vote. It's 50. Mm-hmm. The guys who the media and the fan, the media and the players thought should be the one two guards got in. Yeah. Kemba Walker, Trey Young. They got in. Kyrie didn't. The players had him at six. It worked itself out in the end. So he's just. I, I get now the player not, the players did have him second so that's where he probably sees it. Yes. My, my peers thought that's I was fair. second so why don't you jackwagons watching at home you amateurs well the media didn't if, either yeah if the players think I'm so good why don't you guys think that but I wonder that's how, probably what he's thinking but that's also when it where it comes down to like how much of that is on reputation some of these guys it's like he's good he's talented he's he, I mean he is very skilled there's no no two ways about it we were talking about possibly like dishing him in the off season right that was one of the rumors. Yes, he's very good, but at the same time, like 
if you're not winning, then it, it, it's I'm sorry. It's just I, again, I Trey Young getting in there. I mean, if he he's flashy and he's and he's got a lot of buzz, so he deserves to be there to some extent. But at the same time, he doesn't win. Uh, I don't know who's uh, before we call Matt here and get into the Kobe stuff. Who is Shake Milton? Shake Milton. Shake Milton. For who's he playing for? I don't know who you're talking about. He got a player vote for the All Star game. Oh, you know who? Um, you know who didn't get? I think who ended up being Mister Irrelevant was. Um, Oh my God! Who's the guy? He was. Uh, there's two guys on here. It's Justin Robinson and Chris Chioza from he, Washington. Chris, Chio- yeah, I know Chris Chioza. Well, they didn't get any votes at all. They got nothing. But in Jeff terms- Green got Jeff Green. I think ended up being Mister Irrelevant. I think in all of it. Jeff Green, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there's a handful of guys who got like one player vote. I don't know who's, who's Jeff Green didn't. Michael get, Carter and, and, Williams got one player vote. Like somebody tweeted. Dwayne Bacon got one. Someone tweeted out the other day though that that um. That Jeff Green was Mr. Um, Irrelevant in the end. But, <laughs> yeah. Only 271 fans worldwide voted for Chris Chios. Jeez. Wow. It's, probably, it's probably Chris Chios doing all 271. So, last thing we got to touch on is Zion, because he has played since the last regular episode that we did. And he played against the Celtics. And he, who did he open up against? Why am I drawing a blank? Uh... Holy crap, who did Zion open up against? He played These, against the Spurs. The, Mad- the Spurs. Spurs. That's who he opened up against. Um, they didn't win in the end, but obviously they're taking him out in crunch time. But he's doing, I mean, he goes off for 22 in the first game. He was 17 points in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter yeah. Four for four from three. Does well against the Celtics. I believe he had a double-double. Um, just, I just wanted to get your thought. Like, I mean... I think the guy looks like he's exactly what everybody thought he was going to be in the end. He's a so hi- highly efficient player who <sighs> might shoot like 10 of 11 like every single night he steps on the court like with 10 dunks. Yeah. If he's going to be dared to shoot threes and makes teams pay like that, like in the opening night, I haven't mm-hmm. watched the last two games he's played four so far, he's going to be scary. He only needs to shoot 30. He needs to shoot league average. And he'll if be he fine. can be honest at the three-point line, he will be an all-star next year. Easy. Yes. Easy. Easily. Oh yeah, he, Health, healthy and shoot. Yeah, Giannis percentage at three point line, and he's he's golden. He's a dude. He. But that's the big question though: is whether he the can instinct, stay healthy. It's the problem. But I mean, look, it's just it's the start of his career. You know how these things are. They're babying him. They were saying. I heard the the them. Uh, I forget who the reporter was. I was hearing might have been Perk that said it actually on Dale and Keith. He, I think he said that Zion was a hundred percent for a little bit. But they wanted to take it easy with him. They wanted to play it safe. Yeah, that's what's going to happen with this guy well, early re- on. They had to reteach him how to walk and jump. Exa- yeah, <laughs> exactly. At some point, they're gonna like they're gonna take the training wheels off. But right now, it's his first year. It should have been the first year. game. I, I don't. I don't get the minutes limit stuff with with players. If you're gonna come back and be clear to play in a game, be clear to play whenever the coach wants you to play. If you're not capable, the coach is not gonna play in 48 freaking minutes. He, that, that'd be negligence. You deserve to be fired. Right. For that. If you're not gonna play Zion Williamson in the crunch time of a game. When he's your second best player, or mm. probably your best player in that game, Brandon Ingram was really good in that game as well. If you're not going to play him in crunch time when it matters, then why are you playing him at all? What's the point? To get him to because you're trying to just get him ready for game action. I I don't know. Like, that's my that's my, uh, then go have him run at the varsity girls high school you basketball team. You know that's not the, the same thing. He's got to get used to it. Are important, he's, but yes, he's, he's, he's okay, huge so difference in just practice. Right. You can't replicate g- game reps. No, in any, no. any sport. But if you're gonna give him game minutes and say 25 is the limit, fine, stick to the limit. But strategize those 25 minutes. Don't start him for the seven for the six to seven minutes at the start of each quarter, and then take him out like it's a routine. That is the easiest thing to, to prepare against. As 
it was obviously the first game, so Pop didn't have like any trends to go off of. But if he can see something building up, yeah. he can easily decide, I'm going to play the matchups. Okay, I'm going to have you know mm-hmm. uh, LaMarcus Aldridge and Jakob Hurdle in the lineup when Zion's out there as opposed to, okay, now I know he's going to come out at the six-and-a-half-minute mark and I can bring these guys back in, go smaller. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, Why are you playing a guy and not strategizing or um, adjusting, I, adjusting yeah. his minutes to the game script? Yes, that, makes no sense. that's strange that he goes and takes him out. At that point. It like cost them the game against the Spurs. They lost the game. He had 17 points in the fourth quarter of his 22, and they lost because mm-hmm. they pulled him out of the game. Yes. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. When, no when, when they're not adjusting in that in that capacity. I, it I it shouldn't last forever. He should. I mean, that's. Who's, no, their, who's their coach? Gentry. Gentry. It's not going to last forever. It's just a minute no, limit thing. No, no, no. Tra- like no. he said, training wheels, and he'll be fine. Yeah. He, yeah. I think that the biggest thing we're seeing is the. Well, the three point shooting is. I mean, if the guy comes out and goes four for four, it's like, oh, shit. But um, I think the instincts with this guy, I mean, we, we all saw it in college a little bit, but it's just like <laughs> you're going to do that, the same thing at this level. It's going to be – the Pelicans are going to become a problem. And they, they could end up being – they could end up helping the Celtics out a little bit because that eighth spot, the where it comes – like hey, the Pelicans got to win some ballgames still, but – they're not that far away from the no, eighth seat. They'll pass the Grizzlies before the end of the year. I'd put my life on it. Like, really? Oh, hey, you've been, you've got to stop doubting the Grizzlies so much. They still look pretty good. They beat the Nuggets last night. They did. They did. Yes. And they handily beat the Nuggets last y- night. Yeah. From start to finish. But anyways, I would I would honestly Brandon expe- Ingram's I would, I, I would expect the Pelicans. Clark. You're in Drew back healthy. Ingram's been killing it. you got Zion back now. Lonzo's finally starting to get healthy. This team's kind of starting to come together for the first real time all year. Mm. And the Grizzlies, I kind of think that they've been maybe a little bit of a flash in the pan a little bit. I mean, oh. Ja's been great. Jaron's been good. Your guy, Brandon Clark's been good. Yes, yes. But I, I do think that Brooks. in the long term, the Pelicans are the better team and will we'll show that oh, once well. now that they're healthy. You, Mutt's, Mutt's going to be disappointed with that because he was starting to hope that J.J. Redick was going to be bound for Boston. He wanted to see him in here. Who? Mutt? Mutt did. Yeah, he was asking me about that the other day Dumb on Friday. and entertaining is better than smart and boring. <laughs> That's... Honestly, he's not wrong. I, I'm not dumb. Well, that I don't know about. Uh, but anyways, do, is there anything that we did not get to touch on? Um, no. I, I have nothing to rant about against my Bulls. I don't watch them anymore. Well, they, um, I don't know what Anything else happened in the last week? No. All-Star game voting's dumb, whatever. Don't really, don't really care we'll about have, it. We'll know the reserves by the next episode. Tomorrow. tomorrow, yes. The 30th. January oh, 30th. Oh, that's right. So we won't, yeah. So we'll know by next episode. Maybe we'll do, I don't think we'll so do it. If you're emergency. listening to this and you're driving to work this morning, check out later in the day. You'll have, I'm sure, on WEI.com, Nick Fryer will be posting. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Reserves. I got I to gotta come into the city I early. I got you content for, sure. for tomorrow's uh, yeah, definitely. work day. Definitely. Victor Oladipo, as of right now, still four points, three assists, and a rebound. Victor Oladipo. We will talk to you guys again next week. What it do, baby? Yeah, yo, what do you know? I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to spend the night with it. Yeah. I just want to be all right with it. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Hey, I got no resolutions. I'm just hoping for some. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.